exciting. Missions is, is really uh, is life-changing. Um, this for last month on the Joel Comiskey website, and Joel is, is our, our coach in life groups, teaching, helping us to, to stay the course and, and to reach out through cell ministry. And uh, Pastor Jeff has been on his board and writing, writing the blog. For the past month, I've, as Pastor Jeff's been on vacation, he's asked me to write the blog for him. Um, we've been talking about missions and the importance of missions and cells. And, you know, I wrote this last week, uh, for those of you who don't get it, you can just go to org, I think, and uh, subscribe and, and just read about, you know, how cells are impacting impacting the world, really. But uh, I, I wrote uh, from the perspective of living in Guatemala and also doing short-term missions trips. By a show of hands, who's ever been on a short-term missions trip? Man, that is a great Life-changing? Yes or no? Missions will ruin you in a good way. You go on a short-term missions trip and you come back and you, and you have a different perspective on life. They're so good, so important. It's great that, that Cookie's going away. And uh, I pray that more and more we'll be sending more and more people. I, I'd like to see entire life groups get together and, and say, hey, let's all go. Let's go to Hollywood. Let's go to an Indian resident. Let's go somewhere. Let's go to Mexico. Let's, let's go and, and bring the gospel because it's just so, so good. When we were living in Guatemala, it's one of the things we were able to do is host short-term missions trips. And, um, you know, bringing in uh, 15 or 20 uh, gringos, most of them were teenagers too, it was always an experience. You know, they'd come into the country and never been out of the, you know, never been out of California. Some, you know, come from Nebraska, now they're in Guatemala and going all over and and it was interesting. At the, they would arrive, and with any group, especially with those with younger, there was always conflict. You know, this kid didn't like this kid, and, you know, they were ousting them. And there's always just this stuff happening in these groups. By the end of the week, there was so much unity, so much love and compassion on one another. And, and the, the ministry that went forth is so, so powerful. So I encourage you to look for opportunities, and we're going to try to help make opportunities available and happen for you to go um, and, and share be faithful god said i believe he did say go into all the world and we're doing it first here in big bear but we need to fulfill the rest of it and keep going further amen amen hallelujah there was uh i think we got them all no one more announcement we're just we're just full of stuff this morning hey if there's anyone who can uh, help this week we're gonna do some painting and a little bit of maintenance just a few things around um this week so if you're uh handy with a paintbrush or a paint roller by the end of the week, we're going to need uh, uh, somebody who's good with uh, finished work. I've already talked to maybe Josh if he might have time. But uh, let, let me know. Give a call to the office or show up. Tuesday would be a great day. We're going to try to do some painting and a little bit of minor maintenance around here. And if there's a, enough help, we'll do some raking and, and get the place cleaned up and ready for winter. Um, but we, we might try to, to schedule an actual work work day maybe in October. So, uh, But we do have a couple things pressing. So if you can do that, just give me a call or... Let me know after service or just show up on Tuesday morning about 9 o'clock. All right. We could almost just close and say amen and go home. Get ready for the barbecue. Amen. I'm going to change. I'm hungry. I am hungry. I want a big hamburger. Una's looking at me saying, I am embarrassed that you're my pastor. Woo! I could go out on a boat. 
and stand in a canoe. We're gonna make. We'll, we we will. Uh, well, I not we. I guess I will make this brief. I'm excited about continuing to worship and celebrate up up there, um, at Cedar Lake. And it is only 10:45, so we actually do have a few minutes. And um, so, you know, this morning is like I said, we're running around doing you know I- interesting things. Our computer was down, and and so I had to spend about 20 minutes working on that and. Uh, just some some interesting things. So, but God's presence was so sweet this morning. Amen. And you have a Bible here. Una's going to probably stop sitting in the front row because I always pick on people in the front. Well, we've been doing a lot of it, but let's let's talk to God again. Heavenly Father, I do thank you so much for the work that you've started again this morning and renewal in in lives. God, we thank you for salvation. I thank you for salvation that happened even this morning. God, that you're the redeemer and restorer of lives. Well, as we go into the word this morning, we just ask that you would bless it. Help us to cause us to be changed. Open up our heart and our our mind a little bit more, God. Bring us closer to you. Draw us closer to you. Help us to walk steadfastly in you. Lord, we know that uh, we can't do anything apart from you. So this morning, even as the preaching of the word goes, Lord, let it be in you. As I've prayed before, God, let, let Rob slip away and come and take my place. Let my words be your words, Jesus. Open up our eyes and ears. And we pray for the, the children's ministry and the nursery, God, what's happening this morning. Bless them. Strengthen the leadership. And, God, we thank you for the ministry that's happening to our young ones. God, bless this time in the Word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Last week, Anyone remember the title of the message? What did you expect? Good job. I've heard that a little bit this week. Some people talking about it. Praise the Lord. It's good, it's good to get something you know, resonating within ourselves. What did you expect? I know it's caused me to think. You know, when I, as, the, as, the, as the preacher, sometimes you, know, you might think that we're not preaching to ourselves, but I'm always preaching to myself. And this week I kept going, what do I expect? What do I expect from God? And uh, it even it, even the, the word helped me in in the time with with Matthew because I expected God to do a miracle and um, and to keep him safe. What did we expect? And boy, I went back and I said it probably follow up. We'll just do a short follow up this morning, talk about it a little bit more. But I went back to some of my notes and they were confusing me. But I looked at all these things because I said, well, maybe next week we'll talk about things hindrances hindrances to, the, to receiving what we expect. Because there are some things that we can expect from God. And last week, I realized that the majority of the things that I preached on have nothing to do with us. Isn't that exciting? I, I, I look back at that, that's so exciting. 
we can't mess things up so bad that God can't intervene and do things. And there are some things that no matter what we do, we can still expect God to be who He said He is. We read the scripture last week that if we're faithless, He still remains faithful. I'm so glad that He is faithful regardless of my faithfulness. I'm so glad that God is God, not just at the level that I believe He is God. He is God. And He's true. And He wants to come and minister to our lives. We talked about that... Well, some of these I didn't hit last week, but we, can, we talked about that God... We can expect God to demolish strongholds in our life. Talked about God giving us the ability to stand against the devil's schemes. One of the things that we talked about that doesn't, doesn't matter on our, our side, we can expect our salvation to be firm in Jesus because our salvation is dependent on Him, not upon us. It's firm. Praise God for that. You know, we, we need to be okay. We need, again, we need to go, yes, God, my salvation is dependent on you, not on me. Otherwise, it's a salvation of works. I've got to do certain things to keep my salvation. I've got to watch it. It's firm. Nothing can separate us from Him. We can expect God to be true. So these are the things we can expect God. But this morning, I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about on hindrances to receiving some of the things that we can expect from God. Hallelujah. And what God is expecting of us. And in the preparation of this, I just I was really thinking about the saints of the Old Testament. We just got out of the book of Hebrews. And a lot of what we talked about in the Hebrews was looking back at the saints of the past and, and God's sacrifice for us. And in Hebrews, we talked about the hall of faith, those who had promises of God and were faithful. They were faithful to God to receive the promises. And yet, many of them never received the promises. And I went, wow. Does that ever just, just get you? You know, they, they believed God. God's promise to Abraham that he would be a father to many nations. He didn't see it. He saw the beginning of it. You know, Abraham didn't live long enough to see the promise of God fulfilled that he would be the father of many nations. He died a little too early. That means he waited to see the promise of God his whole life and he remained steadfast. Or did he? Abraham was one of the examples who received a promise from God and didn't remain steadfast. God's promise to him still came to pass because God is faithful. God is faithful when we're faithless. Abraham was faithless in the moment that he allowed his wife to speak a word to him and says, you know what, you need to take Hagar and, and have a baby. We need to get this promise going. And Abraham gave in to a temptation. He didn't stay faithful in that moment. And we see the result of that today. Because through the lineage of Abraham, Ishmael, the, the, the non-promised son, the whole... Muslim race, the whole Muslim nation was born out of Abraham's lack of faith. That's pretty heavy to think that God might give you a promise and if you don't stand fast to your promise that something as ungodly as the Muslim nation is 
could happen because of me not being faithful? I don't want that kind of pressure. But that's what we have today. Abraham, he, but, but yet he made it into the hall of faith because he did believe God. He believed God so much that he was willing to sacrifice Isaac. We know the story to some degree. Some of us know it better. But we know the story. Abraham went and he was going to sacrifice his only son because God told him, even though he realized in that moment that Ishmael was not the promise, Isaac was the promise, and he was willing to give him up. So he made it to the hall of faith because he was faithful, even though he was unfaithful for a time. And I thought of some other people, and I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Joseph this morning. Joseph is an interesting character in the Bible. Joseph, who, who saw the, uh, the, the thing in the bulletin a few weeks ago about the mix-up, the cartoon that Ed put in there, that there was a little confusion on Joseph's goat of many colors? <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah, so, but you know, we know the story a little bit about Joseph. Joseph was a youngin, and, and uh, you know, he was a young man, he, but he was his father's favorite. He was his father's favorite. He had 12 sons, but, but Joseph was his father's favorite. And so, you know, he got some special treatment. He got a, a special robe, and, and the translation is a coat of many colors. Um, we're not sure exactly. It was a tunic. It was probably, you know, got some great ornaments, and just it was a symbol of, of, king, of, of being a king, really. It was a, single, a sign of royalty that he gave him. And he wasn't the oldest in the family. But, but th- this is the story of Joseph. And Joseph was a dreamer. Now, not just the kind of dreamer that we know about. You know, oh, he's just dreaming all the time. He was a spiritual prophetic dreamer. God gave him dreams. Who in here has a dream that God has given you? A vision? Something God has promised to you for your life? Just raise your hand if, if God has said something. I believe God has said, said, there you go, there's a few more hands coming up. I believe God has spoken to more of us and maybe we just haven't realized that it was God. And part of our, our life and growing in Christ is to discern and learn to discern the difference between a God dream and a flesh dream. But Joseph received a God dream and his God dream was crazy because he wasn't the oldest. And his dream, two times, was that basically that all of his brothers and his mom and dad would come and bow down to him. And, and now bowing down in, in the Old Testament isn't always a sign of worship as in deity, but of, of respect and honor as being a king. And you could kneel down and bow down to a king and still not be guilty of not worshiping God, but worshiping someone else. So, so he had this picture, this dream. God gave him a dream that he would, would be there. And it came in the form of planets. It came in the form of sheaves uh, out, in the, uh, out in the thing and in in all the other sheaves sheaves of wheat bowed down to his and he was risen up and and what an interesting dream i know that that my kids probably have the same dream that matthew will come and bow down to them because he's the biggest oldest and some of you maybe grew up in a home where you know you you were one of the other kids you go man i hope the other brothers just come and just you know respect me joseph had this dream but his problem he told it to them and that caused him some issues the Bible didn't say that he was supposed to go share your dream with your mom and dad, your brothers. God gave him something, and I believe God had him. He wanted him to, to wear it in his heart 
and to ponder it and amuse it over and give it back to God and let it come to pass. But instead, he got a little cocky. He says, let me tell you about my dream. How many of you would be the same way? Let me tell you what's going to happen in the future. You're going to come down and bow down to me. So, so he didn't hold fast his, his confession. He didn't hold it inside. But God gave him a dream. And because of his, his immaturity, his brothers began to despise him. And they sold him into slavery. We know that story. They were going to kill him and instead... They, they threw him in a pit and tore up his, coat of, his goat of many colors and, and sold him to some, some traders. And this is in the book of Genesis. And uh, does anyone remember where those traders... That, there was a caravan coming through. Does anyone remember where those traders were... Not, not traitor, but traders were, were going? Uh, where were they were from? What, what, what nationality they were? Huh? They were actually Ishmaelites. They were Ishmaelites. A while back I went, God, you're pretty cool. Who were the Ishmaelites? The, they were the, the children of Ishmael, the son of not promise, who become the Muslim nation. God took something that he didn't plan, that he didn't want, and he used them to bring about good because they, these guys came up right at the right time. They were going to kill Joseph. They said, let's sail them off into slavery. So they sailed, sold them to the Ishmaelite traders. So God uses even the things that we mess up to get his plan across. So they take him into Egypt. And he gets sold and he gets bought by Potiphar. And he spends some time. And Potiphar was, was high in, in Pharaoh's court. And... He works for Potiphar and he's faithful to God. He's faithful in all things so much that Potiphar puts him in charge of everything in his home. Everything in his home. And, and the story goes on that, that, that Joseph must have been good looking. And uh, he, was, he was still a young guy. And I, I don't know how old, but I know he's probably in his early 20s is my guess. Um, maybe mid-20s. He could just still be a teenager. But... But he's a, he's a young, probably strapping guy, and Potiphar's wife gets eyes for him. And uh, she says, hey, let's, uh, let's do something here. And Joseph runs. And Joseph runs. Because he's honorable. He says, Potiphar, he's put everything, everything in my hands. I'm not going to betray this. And he leaves. And of course, we know that she then falsely accuses him. And then he ends up in prison. And he's, he's there in prison for a while, for a time. He's in there for a few years. We know at least a few years. Because he's in there and, and he gets put in charge of the whole prison. And that's pretty cool. You get thrown in prison and pretty soon the guards are going, hey, listen, you take care of all the affairs and you, you're doing a good job and we see your faithfulness. And he gets put in charge of the prison with inside. And he, God continues to now give him dreams. And he has a dream about the, the baker and the butler for the king, the cupbearer and the, ba the baker. And he, and he gives these guys, they have some dreams, and they come to Joseph and, and he interprets it, and it's not a good interpretation. One of them's going to die, and one of them's going to be restored into his place. So he, he interprets their dreams for him. This is kind of fat, this is the book of Genesis in a, in a nutshell, and, and the guys get out of prison. Off comes the butler's head, and the, and the cupbearer goes, and he restores the cup to Pharaoh again and forgets all about Joseph for two years.
So Joseph's life isn't the best. Now let's think about Joseph for a second. He had a dream from God that he was going to be exalted into leadership and that his family is going to come and bow down. So far, it's not looking good. Sold into slavery. Butler in some guy's house, taking care of the steward of the guy's house. Then goes into prison. Now he's in prison. He's, he's doing okay as far as prison's concerned. You know, he's probably got it better than some of the guys because he's in charge. But I don't see anyone coming to bow down to him yet. God uses him to prophesy, to interpret dreams. They get out and he's like, I'm out of here now. You know, this came true and these guys work for Pharaoh. They're going to tell him all about me. And lo and behold, they don't say a word for two more years. So he spends two more years in prison until he's 30 years old. This is the first time we get his age. He's 30 years old. And finally, Pharaoh has a dream. And, and this dream is, is basically that there's coming into the land of Egypt seven years of feast, of great grain and, and a harvest time, followed by seven years of, of famine. And so jo- Joseph's now put in charge of Egypt. He's put in charge of, of Egypt and all the things that, that, that Pharaoh's in charge. He's, he, Pharaoh said to Joseph, you're in charge of everything. Only by the throne am I greater than you. For, for seven years, Joseph goes about this plan and he's, he's bringing all the things in and, and having people put, store, store the food away and get ready for the famine. Seven years. So at 30, this started. Now he's 37 and the famine starts. And we don't know how long it took his brothers to come to Egypt to go, hey, we need some food. It might, you know, probably a year or so into the famine. So you're talking 38, 39 years old maybe? 40? Don't know. When did God give him these dreams? Probably when he's a teenager. God told him these things. And he went, I can expect this from God. God's faithful. But he had to wait and wait probably 20 years to receive the promise that God gave him. One of the hindrances, one of the things that we have to change in our lives in order to, to receive what we're expecting is we need to learn to wait on God. And, and sometimes we need to wait and keep waiting. But see, Joseph remained faithful during the waiting period. He didn't go one way or the other. He didn't waver. He wasn't wishy-washy. One of the things that's happening in our generations, we become the microwave generation. We want everything right now. In fact, we're standing in front of our microwaves now going, I wish this would hurry up. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. How many times you put something in the microwave and go, five minutes? And you guys go back a few years. You know, put something in the oven to 45 minutes. It's done now in five in the microwave. And I mean, I'm confessing. You know, there's times, you know, I just had a, had a, a meal yesterday. And I was busy. I was trying to get things done and, you know, had an interesting week. I, did, I wasn't able to accomplish much this week. And um, so I'm, I'm busy in, in the office and painting and doing some things. And I put in my microwave meat lunch. And I'm like, oh, man, three minutes and I got to come and stir it. Then I gotta cook it for two more minutes. Church, we need to learn to wait and remain faithful in the waiting time. Let's actually we're gonna open the the real Bible. 
Psalms 27, 14. We're not going to just talk about it. Psalms, chapter 27, 14. It's just a simple passage. But it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. But then he says it again, Wait, I say, in the Lord. We have to be told, Wait. Wait. Your promise is coming. Your expectations, those things that you can hold God accountable to, because not because you're you, but because God is God. You can hold God to be faithful to what he says in his promises. But the Bible says here, it says, wait, wait, I say, on the Lord. We have to persevere. We have to go through. We need to let, let the saints speak to us from the Bible. David was another one I thought of. And David was called a man after God's heart. Yeah, you know, we find later, David's an adulterer and a murderer and a liar. And you could call him a thief because he really stole Bathsheba. And yet David was a man after God's heart because David was intimate with God. But we see David's faithfulness leading up and up into the point where he received the promise. See, actually, David was doing much better waiting for the promise than when he, once he had the promise. You know, the promise was that, that he would be the king. And when he became king, that's when he saw Bathsheba. But David didn't waver in his waiting. David was told that he would be the king. And yet time and time again, as you read in Chronicles and Kings, you see the, the, the life of David. He had opportunity and justified opportunity in, in the eyes of many. In, in my eyes, I mean, come on. Saul's trying to kill you. You're sitting in the cave and here he is, a little, you know, a little unable to defend himself, if you know what I mean. And he could kill him and he didn't. He wouldn't touch the Lord's anointed. David, weren't you the Lord's anointed? No, not yet. He was anointed for the future. He had to wait. He had a promise from God, but he knew what to expect. But until God did it, he remained faithful all the way through. He didn't take matters into his own hand. God, you promised me that I'm going to go on a missions trip. There's an opportunity. I'm going. Well, is it God's or is it yours? God, you told me, you, you promised me a good wife, a good husband. And boy, man, they look good to me. They look really good to me. Wait on the Lord. Wait. Sometimes we have to wait and wait and wait and wait. And then wait some more. But God's promises are true and He is faithful even when we're faithless. Remain faithful. Be like Joseph. No matter what situation he was in, he did not waver. He served God. to be not be wishy-washy. And I'll tell you, you're going to, as you do this, as we do this and begin to really wait on the things of God, we're going to go countercultural, because the world's motto is get what you can, what you need to do to other people. You know, it's, it's kind of now. And we say, no, I'm going to do it God's way. And we've got to not look at other people because sometimes God does a quick work. I mean, He does these things really fast for some. And then we might be the one who's doing a slow work in. Be faithful. Be faithful. 
don't know if this is worth writing down, but I, I forgot. I was going to put it on the, on the thing this morning, but it did get a little, a little hectic. Your understanding of what you think God is going to do is not necessarily an accurate understanding of what God is going to do. Your understanding of what you think God is going to do is not necessarily an accurate understanding of what God is going to do. We need to learn to see things through God's eyes. We interpret it through the Spirit of God as best as we can. We can interpret it through the Scriptures. And, and when we do, we see God is a God of weight, often. It might be yes, but it might be a weight. Learn to wait on Him. Learn to have patience. It, you know, I, I won't do this, but I think I could sh- ask for a show of hands, and I'll, I'll be the one who la- lifts it up, and said, who has ever messed something up because you didn't wait long enough in God? I mean, you know, see, I said, you don't have to raise your hand. We just, we go, yes, been there, done that. Let's just not do it again. You know, last week we talked about, this is what's good. Remember, we talked about this. We can expect to be completely forgiven from God. So though we raised our hands, that's in the past if we've asked forgiveness. God can work all things for the good to who? To those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Follow the scripture to the end and we're okay. As long as you love God and you know that you're called according to his purpose, you're walking out the purpose of God in your life, he will work all things for the good. No matter what we've messed up and we've done a really good job of messing things up. But God is sovereign. He can take our messes and make miracles. Praise God for that. We need to learn to make the most of bad and difficult situations. We need to wait, but we also need to make the most. And, and you know, I'm going to just erase the word bad from that. I don't think there's any bad situations. If you're in Christ, it's difficult. Because if you're in Christ, it can change in an instant. But, but we need to learn to make the most of difficult situations. And, and too often we're making the worst of it in our speech. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And we just give so much power to the enemy by our speech of declaring badness. We need to make the most of every difficult situation. Say, so, you know, Joseph had some tough times. You know, when we, I don't know about you, when, you, when I hear about prison, I go, man, who, who was at the tent meeting and heard Jason Friend talking about the, the guy from Costa Rica who got arrested? Happy. He was like, oh man, three meals a day, I got cable, I got all these things, I got a doctor. Man, prison isn't too bad. You know, in, the, in the States, I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's a cakewalk by any means, but in, in the States, you get, a lot of, you get a lot of stuff for being in prison. Prison back then, I don't think was the same. In fact, in Guatemala... If your family or friends didn't bring you food, you didn't eat. Mexico's the same way. You get arrested, you don't eat if your friends and family don't bring you food. That's pretty harsh. we, We feed them, we give them TV, we give them doctors. Joseph was in prison and it probably wasn't a pretty sight. And he made the best of the situation. He says, I'm going to serve God in here and be faithful. 
pray. Pray, God, help me to make the best of the situation. A year or so ago, maybe nine months, preached a message on, on reinterpreting events. And that's so important to do. You know, reinterpret. God, is there another interpretation of what's happening to me? Because right now, all I see is yuck. God, show me your interpretation. Oh, you're going to use this to build character in my life? That's a good interpretation. <laughs> Learn to make the most out of difficult situations. Wait on Him. As we do that, we'll begin to receive more and more of the things that we expect from God. God, I believe it was God that showed me a, a, a vision a while back. And, and, and I, I just believe it was. It might not have been. It might have been me, but... See if this ministers to you or makes any sense. I saw God and me playing chess together. And God was the ultimate chess champion. I mean, one of these people who watches 50 moves ahead and knows every possibility of what you might do. But he wanted me to win. And we're playing... And, and he said, this is what I saw in the vision, in this, in this thing. And he said, you have checkmate in three moves. I see checkmate for you in three moves. And I went, okay. And I moved one of my pieces. And he goes, that wasn't it. <laughs> <sighs> so I sighed. And he moved one of his pieces. And he says, I still see checkmate in three moves. So I moved again. He goes, so he moves one of his pieces and he goes I just put you back into a place where you have checkmate in three moves and then I moved a piece and he says that was it you have checkmate in two moves the interpretation if you don't understand it was simply this God is for us and he wants us to win he wants us to be blessed he wants us to prosper and he sets us up into situations that that will happen there is some things that he desires us to do. And sometimes we do the wrong thing and he goes, oh. And he does things around us and says, okay, you're back to being the same distance away where you were a moment ago. Here's the thing. We wasted the time during that, that situation. If it was a year, you wasted it. But he's, he, he's going to move all the pieces and say, you're still only three years away from what I have for you. He wants us to win. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to prosper and succeed. But we need to wait on Him. We need to make the most of every situation. David, Joseph, read the Bible and say, Okay, God, whatever life happens, whatever, I'm going to make the most. I'm going to try to stay close to You. I'm going to try not to swerve away. And as we do that, it's just going to get the blessing. His promise is going to get closer and closer and we're going to walk into that blessing and promise. We can't thwart the plans of God for us. He's always trying to outdo us. And he says, no, I, I want to bless you. I want to give you all the things. Wait on me. Wait on me, he says. There's more, but we're going to end there. I just want to see a, a, a scripture just real quick. When, we're, when we are working at, at making the most of difficult situations, one of the things that we need to do is just begin to see everything in life from God's perspective and not our own. That's going to help. God, teach me to see from your perspective. And I, I thought of this in Esther 4.14 when Mordecai says to Esther, Hey, Esther, who knows if this isn't why you're in this position. 
God brought you in to be the queen so that you could save your people. Who knows what situation you're in? Maybe God has put you in this situation so that you can be the deliverer for somebody else. Maybe whatever you're going through, God has allowed you to go through this so that you can then take this experience and bless Him and be an encouragement or a blessing to somebody else. Let's not always question God, why, 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 why? But God, here am I. What would you have me do in this place? Joseph said to his brothers, you meant evil for me, but God meant it for good. God means whatever happens to us for good. He's going to use it. He's going to take these situations. He's going to bring glory to himself if we'll submit it to him. Let's stand as we close in prayer. God, we thank you for the examples in the Bible. Lord, we thank you that you're true and you desire, you want us to succeed. You want to prosper us. God, your word is truth. We thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I'm not always happy in the situations that I'm in. God, I I get discouraged. Lord, I pray that I would look more and more through your eyes and try to get your perspective on things. God, help me, help us to become a people who would make the most of difficult situations. God, help us to be a people who would learn to wait on you and be okay with waiting. Let us draw so close to you, though, that we hear your voice in those times. That we're comforted knowing that we're in the right place, but we're waiting on you. Lord, I also would pray that you would help us to know that you have given us dreams and things for our life. Bring them to pass, Lord Jesus. Lord, we need encouragement this morning. We thank you that we received so much during the time in worship. We pray again, Lord. I pray that you encourage us. God, help us to see the blessings. Help us to see your glory. Help us to see through your eyes. Give us the strength to walk through difficult times, times where we feel like we're in prison. Or times, literally, that some people in this room have been in prison. God, help us to see past the sickness and to see the glory. Encourage us along the way. Lord, I thank you for brothers and sisters that are here this morning. Lord, use us to encourage one another. And Lord, as we go to fellowship now and at Cedar Lake and to celebrate and to swim and do these things, I just thank you for our opportunity that we can do this as a family. Lord, we pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We, before you leave, real quick, we've got something. Just a, You have a seat for just a moment. Yes. Yes. Don't miss that. If you know a youth, have, have one in your family or in the neighborhood, bring them. This is an outreach to young people as well. And we just have a little quick special thing. I think. Okay.
Yes, yes. We need to talk to you. Good, good morning. What are we looking at here? Looks like a hotel. Okay, here we go. This is live. Oh, really? We cannot hear you, Pastor Jeff. Ah. We can't hear you if you're talking. He's talking, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to send him a message. Because I can't imagine Pastor Jeff has been silent this long. <laughs> so he can hear us, but we can't hear him. So you can you can yell hi. <laughs> there we go, that'll work. You know, he's talented because if he's holding his computer and walking, he also just typed to us. That's <laughs> That's that's pretty talented. <laughs> oh. Oh, he was We're going to call. I think we're going to call you on your cell phone so we can use that as the voice. Pastor is in Monterey, and uh, Monterey, California, not Monterey, Mexico. That would be Monterey, Monterey, which is Sh Shannon's hometown. So she's probably sad looking at it, missing it. Look at that handsome guy. Okay, we're doing something here. Just sorry about this. Maybe he's going to call us. Maybe, maybe that's him. <laughs> well, okay. Oops. Let's try it. Good morning. Are you there? Okay, can you hear us? We can't hear you. This is just... Oh. Yeah. 
Now we've, I think we've got it now. Let's try it again. Can you hear us now? Yeah, go ahead and turn the microphone up a little bit. I'll stand back here. I think. What's that? It, 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 it dropped. We're having technical difficulties this morning. So, but you, you're, you're on as best as possible. So, so you're just, you're just on, on voice and not on, on, on uh, Skype. Pastor Jeff, we love you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.